Welcome to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, a webinar series that packs a ton of important agency information on one topic from one expert into a 25-minute brief. Why 25 minutes? Because who has the attention span for much more these days? And you can squeeze in a listen between meetings with time for a bathroom break or coffee refill before your next meeting. Thanks for tuning in. This is Bite Sized Agency Briefs. I'm your host, Steve Guberman from Agency Outsight, where I work with agency owners to help them turn their agency into the agency of their dreams. I'm here with my friend, Elizabeth Ice from Results Resourcing. Elizabeth, thanks for joining me. Thank you. So glad to be here, Steve. The quick 30 second download you know, what do you do and how'd you get to Results Resourcing and where you are now? So I, I think of us as matchmakers, frankly. We match small and mid-sized businesses with vetted virtual freelancers who frankly are other businesses. And so it's, it's really about finding the great skills and work style match between service providers. So each can accomplish their mission and get bigger scale, have more impact in the world. And that's really what we're all about. And, and um, Results Resourcing is my company. I founded it and I designed and co-developed the platform. And we're really a hybrid. We're um, a, a job platform like many of the other DIY platforms out there, but we're also staffing agency. So we actually provide a human recruiter to help our clients really write down what it is they need because you don't, don't get that right. You know, you're not going to find the person you want, but then we actually go find people and we, we do the recruiting function. And at the end of the day, we resource results, which is why we named the company the way we did. Like you planned it that way. And so you're not a robot. It's not a series of robots. It's not a web app. It's human people building a strategy for an agency to find the talent they need, go out and search for it. Kind of like the old Lycos thing. Lycos, go find it. Um, <laughs> you talk about uh, the DIY versus the done for you model. And you guys kind of reinvented DIY as done for you. What, is, what does that really mean for agency owners? This came about actually because I was my own first client. And I got, I was a power user of many of the leading platforms out there. And they're great for what they are if you, if you, if you really are great at recruiting, but most people aren't. And what I find for creative agencies and many other small and mid-sized businesses is that it's tempting to go out and do it yourself because there's a form you fill out, buttons you push and candidates pop up and it's just like instant gratification. But if you didn't describe exactly what you needed right and you know you want to spend hours scrolling through profiles it's it's an enormous waste of time and many many of our clients come to us after having done a lot of DIY searches themselves and so I formed the company because I happen to have had a corporate background that included HR and recruiting when running businesses and I'm pretty good at finding great candidates and so we've developed a platform that um, does all the work. So our, the humans that work for us only work on stuff that human brains are good at, like building a job description or interviewing candidates, yeah. not on all the rote stuff that a machine can do. So to, to me, it's, it's all about having the human being do what they do best and outsourcing the rest. And we, when that's the principle we use for ourselves with recruiting and what we offer um, creative agencies. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges owners face, right? So I, I work with a ton of different agency owners on any level from the solopreneur looking to bring on their first employee, or maybe they're freelancing to a couple of people or, or they're using a couple of freelancers or 
20, 30, 40 people agency. Mm. And so talk about how does that owner or the senior leadership team know, A, when, what to outsource and when to do it, but then what to get off their plate and why they shouldn't be doing it? Well, I think that's a, a, a great place to start, whether you're talking about a solopreneur or a 40 person agency yeah. is that person needs to think like a CEO. I mean, they're running a business. They're not handling all the tasks that need to get done. And if there's any plan to grow and scale and deliver client value, that's where time should be spent. So we spend a lot of time talking about core versus non-core value. I mean, there's a lot of work that has to get done to run an agency, agency successfully, but it doesn't mean the CEO or a senior leader needs to be doing it. So one of the things that we developed fairly recently was a tool that we call the ROI of time calculator. And it's just an online tool that helps walk somebody through, how are you spending your time? And it actually starts with what, how, what's the dollar value of an hour of your time? Yeah. And I guarantee you, nobody says minimum wage. You know, most people want 100, yeah. 150, 200, whatever it might be. It doesn't really matter. So long and, as they understand what that means, that what's their value and what is the what is their time worth and what it, what does it cost them to even turn the lights on, right? Yep. So there's there's those calculations they have to do up front. I played with your tool. I think huh. it's brilliant. I think it's a great way for owners to visualize what they do with their time. What, how much did it just cost them to send out an invoice or to interview a candidate or that wasn't a qualified candidate or to do some marketing outreach versus could they be using that time to you know, better work with their senior leadership team or build a strategy for a client or do actual billable work that they love doing? And, and so you know, you know, this tool that you built, I think, is really valuable. What kind of feedback are you getting on it? Really very similar to what you said. I, I used to talk about these things, but the tool helps people put their own numbers in, you yeah. know, they, and they can take it multiple times and play with it at one rate versus another, or even if they're not sure how much time they're spending on some non-core things like invoicing or client support or copywriting. Um, you, you know, you can play with it with different scenarios, not only for the CEO, but for a team and get a sense of what, what is outsourceable work that isn't work that your client's gonna pay you for, because yeah. that's where you be, should be spending your time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so then does it say, and I don't remember what the final screen looks like. I remember giving me a breakdown that I spent, I just kind of came up with some fictitious numbers of, you know, it said like 33% of my time was non-billable or something like that. And, and, and the time that I was spending billable was costing X amount of dollars, something to that effect. So. Do you then say these are the kind of resources that you should tap into in order to not be doing these kinds of things? Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's going to help you identify areas that maybe aren't contributing to the bottom line, you know, positively that they're costs to you. Mm -hmm. And it's just places to explore how might I outsource this either to somebody in my own organization if the CEO is doing it or mm -hmm. should you you outsource to a contractor or another service provider that is a profession at bookkeeping or something like that. And it's a tool that, you know, um, works in a lot of different ways because one thing is we had down there as, a, as an option, how much time are you spending on like 
copywriting type work. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's your passion and that's what you do for a living, obviously that's your value proposition. So, right. but it might be copywriting around things that aren't delivering value to your clients. So it's just a very flexible tool that should raise questions. And one of the things that we hear a lot is, oh, I can't afford to outsource. But that's because we're not really thinking about the cost of our time and the opportunity right. cost of doing things. And so, yeah, sometimes it's a leap of faith that, you know, if, if I outsource invoicing, for example, I'm going to make up that time by more client value that's going to generate revenue. So at least it'll help you quantify how you're spending your time and, and the cost and how to think about how to reallocate your time and money. So I go, I'm an owner of an agency. I've got zero employees, five employees, 50 employees. And I go through this tool and I identify, all right, it's costing me X amount of dollars to write invoices or uh, to do copywriting that I shouldn't be doing or, you know, whatever those things are that are not my passion um, and that are not really making me money. What's the next move? I need to decide, do I bring on a freelancer? Do I hire somebody full time? How do you guys help them? Like, what's what's the next like strategic move for an owner? Well, we um, actually we start with helping our, our potential clients with a conversation. We, we do a free consult um, because frankly, some of the time it's, it's starting to sort that process out. Okay, mm -hmm. here's what the tool told me. What, what are my options? And you know, hiring is a big decision, whether you're talking about hiring a full-time person or a freelancer. Right. I mean, you're, you're hiring talent that contri can contribute value and that's an important decision. So we always start with a free consult and, and I'm happy to talk, I love talking to, to people about how to think creatively about talent. And then if a freelancer is the right choice, you know, we, we, our service is really all about helping the client be really clear about, in fact, we write the job description for them as a result of the conversation we have. And then we, we go out and find, vet, and curate a choice of freelancers. Right. It's just, we're going to go find people that are precisely calibrated for your business requirements. We'll come back and tell you if that combination of things you want can't be found or certainly at the price you want it for. I mean, a lot of people ask for a hundred things and they, they want to pay, you know, a, you know, an economical rate and, you know, just, we try, we can be a reality check. You know, so give me that. a unicorn at, at minimum wage and <laughs> yeah, not happening. Yeah. 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 What about that decision? And I, I'm a firm believer of hire slow, fire fast. And obviously if you build strategically, you don't have to do the latter, hopefully. Right. Um, but the higher slow part, you know, the transition from I'm now a solopreneur, I've got five freelancers. Do I need to bring somebody on full time? What's that transition look like? And how do I make that decision as an owner? It could be a lot of different things. And, and I think I, while I like the idea of hire slowly, fire fast, you know, I think that there should be a lot. It should be a very thoughtful process of hiring, whether it's a freelancer or not. I mean, mm -hmm. Obviously, with an employee, you know, a lot comes with that vetting process and, and letting somebody go if it doesn't work out. And while freelancers can come, can come and go more easily because they're contract, they're not employees, right. it's also, you know, it's a, a great loss of invested time. And so I think that our goal is to find freelancers that can form a durable relationship. Freelancers mm -hmm. aren't widgets. Employees aren't widgets, and it's right. and it goes back to finding those the, the requirements up front and being really clear 
and it's worth taking extra time there because then you're less likely to say, oh, it wasn't a fit after 30 days and you start over. Right. Um, you know, with, with our platform, we have tons of clients that have worked with the same freelancer for years and they, they really just form a part of the team. And eventually those freelancers become such a part of the team. Sometimes they end up going full time. So I think yeah. that it's a, it's interesting transition between, you know, employees and freelancers. Do you think owners should kind of have that mindset up front of, if I bring somebody on and they freelance 10 hours a week and then after a few months, 30 hours a week, and then eventually they can become a full-time employee, is that still an attractive roadmap for a candidate? Or is that kind of still, is that in today's climate, is that kind of a pipe dream for an agency owner or should they really focus on keeping a freelancer just loyal as a freelancer? Well, I, I think you can go both ways, but I think what we're really seeing is that um, there's a habit to feelings you have to bring somebody on as an employee because that's mm -hmm. just the way it's always been. And you feel mm -hmm. like you've got more control, which you really don't. I mean, people are gonna do what they wanna do. And, and mm -hmm. I think you can have a very successful relationship by outsourcing a, a key function or an important function to the right freelancer that can just complement your team. The second thing is that more and more people are developing side hustles or specialties. Yeah. And they form their own businesses. They don't want to be your employee. They're not trying to get, get gain ground as a freelancer to become an employee. They've got their own business. They have other clients. It's keeping them fresh by representing yeah. other clients. And so there's value in that. And the more you bring in employees that only work on your stuff, the less variety you bring to the table of experiences and what's happening in the marketplace. So it's not a clear cut answer, but I, I am a firm believer that I think that um, a team of freelancers can complement a business on a long-term strategic basis. Yeah. What are your thoughts or feelings on outsourcing offshore talent, VAs, even creative and, and strategic talent? I think it can work, um, but I think you have to go into it with your eyes open. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, there's time zone issues, there's cultural issues um, and which can be good and bad you know many of our you know we happen to be focused on the United States and Canada and most of our clients want people that understand the culture here and speak yeah. English well and work in the same time zone um, anything's possible um, the other thing I would say is that a lot of people underestimate um, what it takes to work with people in other countries um, and even services uh, in different countries, particularly VA services, that's probably one of the most popular, you know, they tend to come with very packaged programs. Mm -hmm. And it's a matter of, well, do you want to fit the package or do you want resources that fit your need and allow you to grow? You know, there's, there's no clear cut answer to that. And the last thing I would mention um, is that while bad things can happen anywhere in the world from a technology standpoint, there is security issues. And so right. not that bad things, again, can't happen in the United States. They absolutely can. But it just adds another element of risk. And every person needs to make those decisions for themselves. But it's just something that I rarely hear people even think about. Yeah. And so I guess in the past couple of years, COVID, you know, people have said, I'm going to quit my job. We had the great resignation. And I'm going to open up my own shop. And I'm going to do 
strategy or design or coding or writing or whatever, and I'm going to live in a van or I'm going to go live in an Airbnb <laughs> in Breckenridge or wherever they may be, um, how are you seeing that kind of shift to doing my own thing uh, affecting the job market for agencies? Well, I think that um, that's definitely a, a trend, but I've mm -hmm. also been reading a lot of articles about people that are kind of tired of the van life and uh, and maybe maybe having an apartment or having roots isn't so bad. So yeah. I, I just think that um, I think agencies just need to be open to the fact yeah. that people want to work in different ways. And while there may be a very uh, clear idea of these are my requirements and this is this is all I'm going to think about, flexibility, you know, whether it's the tools people can use or where they work or the hours and you know, even resistance to if you're East Coast, oh, I don't really want to work with somebody in the West Coast. Well, if they're willing mm -hmm. to work East Coast hours, who cares? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, what matters is they get the job done well for you. And I yeah. and so I think I would just encourage people, whether you're talking about employees or freelancers, to be flexible and creative. Because the more flexible and creative you are, the more you're going to attract the kind of talent that's got the flexible, creative brains as opposed to somebody that wants to work in a rote way. And I but that's also that's part of the governmental guidelines of, is it a freelancer versus an employee? You have to let them set their own hours. You have to let them work from wherever they, you have to let them use their own technology. And there's a couple of other things, yep. um, but there's also a mindset. I work better some on, on creative work. I work better at night on like tactical business stuff. I work better in the morning. So no, allowing people to know when they work best and where they work best and producing the best work as a result of that, everybody wins, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, so I think the better freelancers are going to be attracted to people yeah. that appreciate the kind of value they bring and, and allow a dynamic uh, for everybody to deliver great value together. Yeah. So talk about some of the things that agent, you're seeing agencies do nowadays because it's so competitive to be more attractive to candidates. Because it's not always about the dollar sign these days, right? Yeah. There's younger generations that want those meaningful clients, meaningful projects. They want to impact social justices, things like that. But what are the other things you're seeing from agencies? I definitely see agencies coming um, to us for uh, broader experience you know, in different industries, areas they may be trying to migrate to or, um, you know, attract different kinds of clients, different demographics and looking for freelancers that bring that to the table, uh, mm -hmm. either in their, you know, who they are or their portfolios. So we see that a lot. And I see more and more people trying to kind of cobble together complementary values, especially when you're a smaller agency, you may have gotten into your passion is graphic design or something like that and and, and are there um, web design agencies or people that do complementary things that you know the sum is greater than yeah. you know, the, the, the parts kind of thing so I think those are uh, definitely key trends and I think the other thing kind of just goes back to the message of flexibility is it's while it's a really important especially if you've made um, investments in certain um, software tools and things like that, that people have the core skills you need, but somebody might not have mastered a particular tool, but can CRMs in particular, they've got great skills in another tool that's very com complimentary. So I think that 
um, having some flexibility and focusing on the value and the core skills that somebody can bring to the table, um, you know, is, is really beneficial to at least talking to the candidates to find out what they can bring to sure. the table. Yeah, awesome. No, I appreciate that. So coming down a few minutes left, I have a couple of rapid fire questions I want to ask you. Oh, okay. Not necessarily okay. about your business, not necessarily about staffing, um, just some kind of random quick fire things. So uh, craziest thing other than white washing down all of your food when it entered your house, what was the craziest thing you did during quarantine? Oh, <laughs> I guess I wasn't very crazy. Not, not so crazy, but I, I ended up cooking a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I really experimented with recipes I found through the newspapers about trying this, trying that. So I guess that would be about as crazy as I got. I actually broke my Starbucks habit too. And I learned how to make my own espresso. There you, oh, there's so much value in making your own espresso. <laughs> and you probably saved like $1,000 a month. So good for exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> According to pundits, you can now buy a house if you're a millennial by not buying Starbucks. So good. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's a book or a podcast you're vibing on right now? Well, the, the book I am vibing on and highly recommend isn't a new one, but it's called mm -hmm. Thank You for Being Late. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, I can't remember the, the subtitle, but it's by Thomas L. Friedman. And what I really love about the book is, you know, he, he talks, first of all, he talks about who the most amazing entrepreneur is in the world and it's mother nature. Mm. And he tells a really interesting story about, you know, mother nature and entrepreneurism and, and how mother nature isn't judgmental. Mother, mother nature just adjusts mm. and is constantly dynamically making changes. So, uh, so that's an interesting element to the book. But the other thing that attracts me about this book is, is frankly talks about the rise of technology and it's basically affecting all elements of our lives and it's increasing you know, by Moore's law. And I guess the reason I selfishly am so inspired by that is because that's what we're trying to do. We use technology for everything we can do using technology to make great yeah. matches. But at the end of the day, it's the human element that is interviewing people interviewing the client to define the job requirements, and then interviewing the candidates to go, okay, on paper, on digital paper, it says this, but here's insights that we can bring to the table. And I, I just feel strongly that, that technology needs to serve people. And we have to think about sure. how we don't automate people out of it, but we integrate people into it. And that's what we're really trying to do at Results Resourcing. I love that. The, using the power of tech but not allowing it to do for you because who knows what's that going to do, but allowing it to assist you. Yeah. The algorithms yeah. are black boxes and, and they're only as good as the people that, that designed those algorithms, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I, I have great faith in humans. I love that. Finally, um, best piece of advice that you have maybe for an agency owner that you can leave them with. Well, I'm going to quote my, you know, the, the guy that's influenced me forever, Peter Drucker. And he basically said a couple things that are cool. One, he said, do what you do best and outsource the rest. Love it. And he, yep. he basically said that, you know, CEOs are responsible for two things. And that's, you know, basically marketing and innovation. Hmm. And I think those two things go together, especially creative agencies, not only for what they do, but also for how they guide the clients. Yeah. They're trusted by their clients. So they've got to be yep. doing those things. And Leadership has to drive that. So, yeah, I love it. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining me and for your time today. And um, where can people find you 
and your new tool. Oh, thank you. Um, it's results resourcing. Um, we actually have a .NET domain uh, for a variety of reasons, and uh, we have an insights page um, on the tab, which uh, really is where the ROI of time is included. And if, if it's possible to include this in your show notes, happy to yep. do that too. And uh, you know, would love to you know just have a conversation for people as they try it out and want to experiment with some of the ideas we've talked about today. Thank you so yeah. much for having me today. Really enjoyed it, Steve. It's great. My pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks again for tuning in to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. As always, if you found value in this episode, chances are someone else will too. So please share it with your network. Also, if you know someone with expert knowledge on a topic that agency owners would love, drop me a note. Let's get them on. Finally, find someone to hug today. <laughs>